Not on? There it is. Hey. It's on, it's on, it's on. I uh, had a good travel up the mountain this morning. I live over in Pilot Mountain. Uh, but it was a good travel. Traffic was light. The weather was moderate. Everything was good. Um, it's good to be back with you folks. It's always good to be Victory Way Baptist Church. And I uh, trust that we'll have a good time this morning. I just got back from India. Had a great time in India. Man, we had a great time in India. Had a, a young man that was saved. He's a Muslim, was a Muslim. He's a Muslim now. But he got born again. And he's had a church. Picked me up at the airport. and I traveled around in a Nissan. I felt like I was somebody. He made me feel like somebody. When I when he pulled up to a place for the to get out, he'd jump out and open the door for me. I wanted to stay longer because I really liked that kind of service, amen. Don't get that when I get here in the States. Everybody look at you and say, Get up there and do your job and forget it and go on about your business. But uh what what a privilege it is to uh be overseas and see what God's doing. Had a great, great time and uh, preaching. In fact, uh, the Muslim, the used to be a Muslim, uh, fantastic guy, works for the CID, for the policeman there in Manipur, in India. And uh, he's got a church, runs by 50, does a good job, great job. I preached for him. He asked me, would I preach for him? I said, sure, you just clear it with the, clear it with the headquarters there. Brother Ebo, I said, if he says it's okay, we'll go with it. We preached for him. Had a great time. He's in a little cubby hole, not too big, but uh, I guess that morning he had about 50 people. And uh, they was very responsive. They want to hear the things of the Lord. And we had a great time with them. Had a ordination, all kinds of things. We just They just worked me good from the time I got there. I didn't know what the trip was going to be like. It was going to be 20, I think it was 28 hours in the air. That's a long way. But we made it. In fact, I made it with a little energy left over when I got back. And uh, we praised the Lord for what we saw happen. People did get saved. Lives did get changed. We're seeing great things there in northern India. If you get a map of India, look at it. It's up in the northeast. Uh, there's four or five, nation, uh, four or five uh, districts up there. Most of them came down from the, uh, from the uh, China, Burma, uh, Bangladesh. All those people come. And after the war, second war, we find that uh, they made that that part of India a, uh, a part of India instead of being a part of that up in the north, uh, Burma and different places. But I've been in Burma and different places as well. Uh, the Lord's just been so good to see uh, these people reach with the gospel. Two missionaries went to uh, Nagaland. A couple of missionaries went over to Manipur. A couple of missionaries went over to Mezram. And then there's another one there. I can't I never call it, but uh, missionaries went in there. 
and completely changed it. It's not independent Baptist except the one in uh, uh, Manipur. Manipur is independent Baptist. Of course, I've been to each one of those. and One of them was founded by the Presbyterian, and the other one was founded by uh, uh, Baptist, but I think it was sort of like the Northern Baptist or maybe even Southern Baptist, but uh, there's many independent Baptist churches there in both all three of those areas. And it's just fantastic to see what God has done over the years. You know, that's, that's, that's the key to any ministry is longevity. How long we stay with it. Christians are not staying with it in America. I'm, 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 I'm flabbergasted when I uh, go to churches and different things and I don't see faces. I look for faces when I go into ministries. And if I don't see faces, I wonder what happened. And that's the same way about overseas. You know, you just see those men just stayed with it. Uh, there's a million people that lives up on the top of a mountain. They build their houses like off a, a, a side of a cliff. And uh, a million people live up in there. I've flown in there and, and uh, seen great things happen in those places. But They've been there for a long time. They're planting churches left, right, and center. Um, we was in several new churches that uh, uh, that was started over the last couple of years. Uh, last time I was there was seven years ago. Funny thing happened to me seven years ago. I'd forgot about it, but uh, there was a man and his wife. Uh, she was pregnant. She was fixing to have a baby, and and they wanted me to name the baby. I cannot remember that. I cannot remember that for the sake of my life. But anyhow, they said, you named it. And uh, you named the girl Ruth. And I said, well, that's, that's a good name. I'm, I'm glad we named that baby that. But uh, this time, she was pregnant again. Seven years later, I uh, saw the little girl, Ruth. She's just a beautiful little girl. And uh, they wanted me to name. She was pregnant, but they didn't know what the if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And uh, so I just gave two names, Jacob and Naomi. I just wanted to stay in the book of Ruth, amen. But uh, what comes to my mind. But anyhow, we had a great time, ordained some people, and I'll tell you a little bit more uh, when, uh, on the next hour. I'll tell you what God's been doing in our life um, a little bit in the next hour. This morning I just want to take a few minutes and uh, challenge you. You know, so many times uh, in this day and hour, we, we're trying to find methods. I heard a message the other, other night that uh, the, the method is always the same, getting the gospel to people. So that's the method of getting people under the sound of the gospel. Uh, if we'll only get the gospel, how do we get it out? This day and people, you know, this day and time, people are not interested in... Uh, entering into the doors of the church don't seem like like it used to be. I remember when I was on deputation almost 50 years ago, I remember so vividly, uh, you'd always see church buildings full. But that ain't the way it is today. People don't come to church. My friend tells me that the best way to do witnessing or get people under the sound of the gospel is to line them up 
when they do come to church, that you will be in their, in their home the next week and try to win them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And many times that works. But they don't show up. We've got to go find them, go after them. And I'm going to give a few things this morning. I hope it will help you. Is this matter of gospel tracts. Gospel tracts is probably one of the most efficient uh, a way of getting the gospel to the multitude. The man that I was with in, uh, in uh, India, his name is Ebo Mate, uh, man from the South India. The South Indians are a little different from the people in that particular area. They are more oriental than the ones in the South. They are uh, the regular Indian, not like American Indians, of course. But uh, this... Indian from the south wrote out of, of, of the plan of salvation. Whole page, the way I understand it, was a fairly large page. It was written out where you could read it. No doubt it was in Hindi or maybe it was even in, in uh, Manipur. I'm not sure what language it was in, but it was not in English. He had spent time in laboring and getting the gospel down on that piece of paper, and he carried it to the north. He had many of those papers that he'd filled out and tried to uh, deliver them to different people. God would lead him. And there was Ebo's mother. She was down, went downtown. You may have heard me give this many times because it's a fantastic story. Uh, just amazing what God can do with a piece of paper with, a, with, uh, with words from the Word of God. And men, women, boys, and girls can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. But anyhow, she's downtown trying to find some medicine for her son. And lo and behold, this Indian comes up to her and hands her this piece of paper, fairly large piece of paper. Of course, she folds it and puts it in, the, in her bag and takes it back to the house. But She's fearful that it may be Christianity. Most Hindus are very fearful of Christianity. Uh, now in India, it's very difficult for American missionaries to get there. I was turned down the first time to go to India because they didn't want me over there. But the second time, for some reason, whatever reason, of course, I think God had something to do with it. And we go back, uh, we apply again, and we get our visa so that we can go there to that nation. Used to get 10-year visas under the Congress, they called them, the party, Congress party. But now they've got a Hindu party uh, that's uh, very, very violently against American missionaries getting the gospel in there. They know that lives change when the gospel is begin to be preached. But yet, uh, we find that they are doing everything they can to shut them down. In fact, they, even the Brother Ebo mentioned to me, he said, you've got to be careful how you preach. Well, I said, I'm going to do exactly what I did, what I put down on my application for a visa. I'm going to teach. I'm a teacher. And once in a while, I may raise my voice, but I'm still a teacher, amen? And, uh, of course, they was very fearful that they may come in and close the churches down, and we were. We was we was very careful on that. Can you imagine that India? That's they are one of our nuclear powers. They are supposed to be one of the 
friends of America, but yet now it's very difficult to get the gospel. I know there's a lot of people going to India, but it's difficult to get in and out of there. And, of course, I had no problem getting in, getting out. Uh, everything worked out fine. But, but my point is, is that we've got to get the gospel to people. People are waiting on the gospel, just like here in Hillsville. If we're not careful, we'll think that somebody else is going to get the job done, and many multitudes will die and go to a devil's hell without God. And the only way, we, only way they're going to get saved is somebody has got to confront them. Somebody's got to give them the plan of salvation. We've got to give them the gospel. And uh, that's what Sunday school should be all about, is getting the gospel to the young folks. No doubt there's others meeting in the building here somewhere. But we need to be involved in getting the gospel to the young. Uh, I'm thinking about a man now that was pastoring a church, and there was, uh, they had trained the young people. We're talking about little boys and girls. We're talking about anywhere from five, six years of age, maybe kindergarten up to first grade, second grade. And uh, they trained them to get the gospel to their peers, to the people in the school. Uh, I don't know how about your school system here in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Virginia, but it's probably about like it is over in Carolina, uh, both the Carolinas. It's very difficult to get the gospel in that, but yet at the same time it's not impossible. I heard the other day where people are getting into the schools and preaching the gospel. But... Uh, this one little girl had gotten saved in, in her church, in her Sunday school. And she's trying her best to memorize the gospel so that she can receive a little reward. And uh, she's going home, and her, her parents are Chinese. They speak no English whatsoever, none. And the little girl takes this paper home and has one of her brothers or sisters to translate it so that they might be able to help her to memorize. I think, if I'm not mistaken, she memorized it in Chinese, uh, Mangren, if I'm not mistaken. But yet, how that their mom and dad come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, they came to church because they was interested in what their daughter was being taught and what they had, have seen her bring this home so that they might be able, she might be able to uh, memorize this so she might be able to receive some kind of little reward. And lo and behold, one Sunday morning, they come forward in the church, the Chinese parents. And there they are, the pastor, he can't speak Mandarin, he can't, he can't speak Chinese. What are we going to do? So he called on the little girl to lead her parents to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the thing about it is God is willing, more than willing, that none should perish but all to come to repentance. God wants everybody to be saved. God has a plan for every person to do the work of God, to do the will of God, to accomplish the work of God. See, the problem is today that we don't try to find new areas. Uh, I wear a little pen. Uh, I wear a little gospel pen. Many people ask me, what is the gospel pen? And I tell them, I'll take it off, and I'll, I'll take each, each, each color and I say, everybody wants to go to heaven. That's gold. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Now, I may have given that to you here. I think I did last time I was here. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But there's a real problem. There's a blockage, if you please. There's sin that's involved, and that's the color black. 
And the problem is that sin is, is devastating. It's sending people to hell everywhere, all over the world, everywhere we go. No matter where you go, it doesn't matter if you go down to the grocery store or go across the street or go uh, to China or wherever it may be. Everywhere you go, there's people that are lost without God. But the problem has been solved. That problem has been solved. Yes, everybody wants to go to heaven. Sin is a problem. But yet Jesus went to the cross of Calvary and shed his blood. That's the red. He shed his blood for the whole world. And if people would know about that, See, that's our job. That's your job, mine. That's, that's the reason we assembled here this morning, is that we might be able to learn something that would help us to get the gospel just a little bit farther. One of the things that I do in my ministry is that I try to encourage those pastors to go to the next village. There's always that next village around the bend. There's a village. And those people need to hear about the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we tell them about heaven, there's sin that we've got to deal with and it's been dealt with. Jesus dealt with it on the cross. He shed his blood. And then we find that white, that we become white as snow. Our sins are forgiven. They cast the forest. The east is from the west. We don't have to worry about our sin no more because Jesus has taken them away. And then we got the little one, a little color green. Green is that we need to go. Get the gospel to everybody. Everybody's looking to, to go to heaven. Uh, you just check it out on the streets, wherever you go this week. Ask them, do they want to go to heaven? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to do anything about it because many times they don't know what to do about it. And so we're, we're going to just take a few things this morning and help you that we might be able to get the gospel out to people. People need to hear the gospel. Uh, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If a man does not hear something about God, about the Lord Jesus, Paul put it very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about the gospel. He said, this is what I'm declaring unto you. The gospel message. Everybody needs to hear how that God loved the world, sent his son to die on the cross of Calvary, was buried and rose again the third day. And through that, we might have life and have life more abundantly. We want people to have abundant lives. That's what's wrong with our world today. Everybody's dog-eat-dog, if you please. It's just a mess today. You can see it on the roads. You can see it in, in, uh, in life itself. People are not happy with themselves. They're not happy with the life that they have because they don't know how to enjoy it, because they've never been born again. Uh, when you get saved, just like you remember when you got saved, I remember very vividly when I got saved uh, in 1969, when God saved my soul, gave me eternal life. My life was completely turned around. I was a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away, and behold, all things become new. And things began to do uh, in my life that I might be able to get the gospel to people. And that's what we're interested in, should be. If we're not interested in that, then our church will eventually die because we need new blood in it. We need to make sure we get new people in. The only way you get new people in is to win them to Christ. We need to see the waters of baptism move more often. We need to make sure that we are witnessing, not just your preacher, I know you preacher witnesses. He's trying to get new people in here all the time. No doubt about that. 
Uh, deacons probably doing the same thing. Some of you ladies probably doing the same thing. But everybody needs to be involved in it, getting the gospel to the ends of the world. That's the reason you have missionaries. I don't think you hire people to get the gospel around the world, but yet at the same time, if you're not careful, you'll look at it, this is what we're doing through missionaries. No, what you're doing is what the will of God is to get the gospel to everybody, everyone. I, I was talking to a missionary the other day uh, on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I was in a little missions conference, and in that missions conference, I met a guy from Greenland. 55,000 people live in Greenland. That's a big piece of ground, huge, but only 55,000 people. God began to work in his life and how that all the things transpired that he might be able to have a church in Greenland. Can you imagine that? Um, you only stay three years, and if you don't have your citizenship, then you've got to go back to where, you, where your citizenship is. But he became a citizen of Greenland because of the fact that God worked it out. He wanted the gospel. God wants the gospel in every nook and cranny, if you please. God wants the gospel out in everywhere. That's the reason he sent his son to come to this earth, to go to the cross of Calvary, suffer, bleed, and die, and be buried and rose again. That's the reason he came, was that we might be able to get the gospel to the ends of the world. That's what Romans, I mean, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. After the Holy Ghost come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and other most parts of the world. See, God's interested in everybody. It doesn't matter how big a nation is. It doesn't matter how big an area is. I know some pretty small areas. Uh, there's only 1,245 people live in Pilot Mountain. That's not very big, is it? But there's about half a dozen churches there. Uh, probably half a dozen more than we need. But at the same time, we, we praise the Lord that God is interested in Pilot Mountain. I don't know how big Hillsville is, but I praise the Lord that there's churches here. We've got the Victory Way Baptist Church. I praise the Lord for that. See, God's interested in people. Are you interested in it? That's the question. And many times we forget that we have a a, a means of getting the gospel to people. And it's not, it's not all that difficult if we think about it. One of the things that we need to be interested in is giving people the gospel on paper. I call it a gospel track. You know what gospel tracks is. No doubt out in the vestibule, out front there, wherever, as you come in. There's probably places out there that's, that's got gospel tracks. One of the things that we've got to be very careful about when we give gospel tracts, if we want people to say, be saved, we've got to give the gospel in those gospel tracts. The gospel is very important. It's about the death, burial, and resurrection. If the death, burial, and resurrection is proclaimed, God can save. That if thou confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So if people understand that, Many times just by reading that. I know a man up in Togo, uh, uh, a man that is a preacher. He was walking down the street one day, just walking down the street, not paying attention a lot, but all of a sudden he saw a piece of paper. And he picked that piece of paper and it was a gospel track. Very vividly giving the gospel how that God loves people, 
how that he loved people enough that he gave his darling son to die on the cross of Calvary and was buried and rose again the third day. And by but reading that, he became a Christian. Went home, led his wife to the Lord, and now he's built more than 25 churches up and down through Togo. We can just we can go on and on. That's the same way about Ebo with that one little uh, piece of paper. You remember I was telling you about it a while ago. He read the paper, uh, gave the gospel, and he trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. His family said, why don't you read that to our family? Because it done so much for you. Why don't you tell us about what it says? And so he, he reads it. And all of his family gets saved except his mother. His mother died a Hindu. And probably other relatives died as Hindus as well but because they refused to believe. But when people are confronted with the gospel, think about it. When you was confronted with the gospel, you didn't get away from that. God did something in your life. When, when somebody confronts you with the gospel, you may have been in a gospel meeting. You may have been in a church. Whatever the situation was, whatever the circumstances might have been, but yet at the same time you was, you was given the gospel. And by giving the gospel to you, there's something that stirred up in you, and in turn you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. People all over the world are like you. They need to hear. And how are they going to hear unless somebody confronts people with the gospel? I don't know how many times I could say that in order to get you to understand it, but you hold the keys to somebody's eternity. Think about that. You hold the keys to somebody's eternity. Somebody either going to spend eternity in hell or somebody's going to spend eternity in heaven because of your witness. You say, I don't witness. That's, that, that's a problem. And because of that, people will end up most likely, if they've never heard the gospel. What happened to the people that never heard the gospel? What happens to them? If a person never hears the gospel, what happens to them? Think about that little baby that was born in the jungle last night. What's going to happen to that little baby when he grows up? If nobody ever reaches that little boy or girl, it'll go to a devil's hell. That's the reason we need to be conscientious of what God wants us to do. What does God want you to do? You say, I'm just, I'm just a church member. No, no, you're not just a church member. You are to be involved in church membership of getting the gospel to people, people wanting to hear the word of God. People wants to know what to do to go to heaven. You'll be surprised how many. I, I come out of a hotel room up in Indiana just a couple of days ago, and as I walked out, of the, walked into the hotel, the Lord sort of like spoke to my heart and said, "Why don't you witness to this lady?" And it was late at night, and you know how we preachers are. Uh, most of us as human beings, we're tired. We're ready to do anything just to get away from people, so we can go in and lay our head on the pillow. But as I walked in, the Lord nudged me and said, "Why don't you witness to her?" And I did witness to her, just a simple witness, just as simple as simple can be. It, wasn't, it didn't take long, sort of like I get an injection. It don't take long. But I, I stood there and gave her the message, how that God loved her. I asked her, I said, you believe God loves you? And she said, I, I've, I've heard that, but I'm not quite sure about all that. 
And I said, I'll tell you how much God loved you. He gave you a son. And I went on and on for just, just a two or three minutes. Just two or three minutes. And she, I could see tears welling up in her eyes. And she said, you know, preacher, I need that. I need that. Would you, would you help me so that I might be able to be sure that if I die, to go to heaven? And I think to myself, I could have very easily walked by that lady. It'd been easy. It'd probably been easier to walk by her than it was to talk to her because I was tired. But at the same time, here's a lady that wants to know the truth. Really wants to know the truth. And she received the truth. Now what happens to that lady? I don't know. There's, there's not that many churches up in uh, South Bend, Indiana. There's one or two. But yet, will that church or those churches, will they reach her? I'm not sure. But I do know this. If she was sincere in receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior, she saved. That's how I got saved. I got saved on an airplane somewhere between Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and Oakland, California. Of course, had to go through uh, Atlanta and then on out to Oakland, California. Somewhere on that airline, some, uh, somewhere uh, over, the, over the United States, on that airline, I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I never knew anything about church. My daddy, mama, I never had a Bible in the home. Never had a Bible at all in my home. Never. Never heard my mom and dad ever read the Bible. Never heard my mom and daddy ever pray. But yet I got saved on an airplane. And God transformed me on an airplane because my brother, he had gotten saved uh, just in July of 68. And he came to the airport and gave me a gospel tract, and I read that gospel tract on the airplane and trusted the Lord as my Savior. Changed my life. See, we never know whose life we're interrupting so that we might be able to get the gospel to him or to her before it's everlasting too late. And so you are responsible. You're responsible for somebody. There's people looking at you and say, there's something different about them. I'm sure that people watched you this morning. You got up and went to church, and they, they, they watched you get in the car and come over here. They wonder, what makes you different? What changes you? What's the difference about you? See, God wants to do that with everybody that will be willing to be obedient to God. God gives us light, and if we obey that light, he'll give us more light. The problem is, when light comes, we don't want to receive it. And because we don't receive it, uh, what time do we close here in this hour? Okay, good. I got uh, two or three minutes. I'll, I'll close her out. No problem on that. But the problem arises with us. What are we doing about getting the gospel to people? Have you given the gospel any time this week? You say, I didn't know that was my, it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. I, I may be a preacher, I may be a missionary, I may be a type of evangelist, whatever you want to call me, it doesn't matter. But I'm still responsible to witness every day. Not because of who I am, but because of the responsibility that God has given to me as a child of God that I make sure that the gospel gets to everybody. The Bible talks about, after the Holy Ghost has come, that we are to be witnesses. We're to witness we're to tell people about the glorious truths of the gospel. And if we don't tell them, people literally die and go to hell.
I was listening to a man preach the other day, and and he was talking about those talking about uh, Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain is still in hell if he was not saved. I don't think he was saved, but if he was not saved, he's been in hell ever since he died. He'd been in hell a long time. Why did he go to hell? Because he didn't receive that what he needed to receive in order to go to heaven. See, the problem is people don't know what to do. People don't know what to do. Like going to the doctor. You've heard me give my little illustration about going to the doctor and they give you a drugstore. I mean, that's the reason we go to the doctor. We got problems, but we need some kind of medication that will help us. Help us to get to the place that we might be able to be better. He just don't say go, go to the drugstore and look around and see if you can find something. No, he says you take this and this probably will help you. That's what, the, that's what we're doing in our society or should be doing in our society is that we're giving the gospel to people so that they will not spend eternity in hell. What a tragedy for a, li- a life to be lost, not just for time, but for eternity. And we're sitting here We've, we've got our good minds, we've got our good homes, we've got our good cars, we've got a good church, we've we got everything. But we're not witnessing like we're supposed to. And that's what, how God develops his ministry. Think about it. How does people get in the ministry? How did your pastor become the pastor of this church? Somebody had to lead him to Christ. Somebody had to baptize him. Somebody had to train him. Somebody had to teach him. And he came to be your pastor, and I understand he's a great pastor, and I appreciate him so much. But that's what it's all about. How did I get here? I just didn't develop overnight. I got saved. Somebody witnessed to me. Somebody gave me the gospel, and I responded to it and received the Lord Jesus. It's not difficult. It's not how many words you say. It's not how you say it. It's just as simple as that people need to know that God loves them. Jesus died for them. And if we would receive what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, that he would be willing to come into heart and change them, transform them completely. It's what we need today in our society is a complete change from the top of our head, sole of our feet. God wants to change us. God wants to make a difference in us. And when we give the gospel, we can see that in others. That's the marvelous thing about it. When, when we see him walk down these aisles, I'll think about a man this morning named Ricardo Lees. Ricardo Lees pastors a church in uh, Nassau, Bahamas. I started a church in Nassau, Bahamas, and I think it was 1994, I think it was. It doesn't matter about the time. But I remember on a Sunday morning, nobody knew him. Nobody cared to know him, to be honest with you. But yet at the same time, he walks through the door. Big, tall, strapping, black as an ace of spades, just a great guy. Walks in the back door and sits down in the pew by himself. No wife, no children, no family, no nothing. Walks in and I preach the gospel. Just simply give him the gospel. And lo and behold, here he gets up and comes forward to the church. And I bend down and ask him, why did you come? He said, I'm tired of my life. I need, I, need, I need God. Can you help me? 
And I said, sure, we'd be glad to you, uh, to help you in any way we can. And that morning, I had a man to come, lead him to the Lord Jesus Christ, followed the Lord in believer's baptism, he led his family to the Lord. Now all of his children, I heard his daughter on Facebook yesterday, uh, teaching a class, uh, teaching uh, women of the word, and she was teaching all the women. What a great blessing that was. See, what we're saying is, by the gospel, man is changed. There's not programs. I mean, I like programs in churches. I'm not against programs in churches. But I am against those that would sit and soak and never give the gospel to people. And that's where we're at. Most people has never give the gospel to anybody. Or you give it and you got your feelings hurt. God bless you. You know, I got my feelings hurt several times too. But you don't quit because you get your feelings hurt. Get up and pull your chin up and pull your, pull your suspenders up and tighten them a little bit. Amen? Let God have his way. See, it doesn't matter. if pe- People don't want it. They don't think they want it. But when you give it to them, they said, I believe I'll take that. I was sitting down in, in many of the couple, couple of the doctor's offices. Men brought up the, the, uh, uh, the question about what I did for a living. I love when they ask me that. I guess I look like I'm a bum and they don't know if I do anything or not. But I tell them I'm a preacher. Oh, a preacher. What does a preacher do? I love to tell them. A preacher is supposed to give the gospel. That's what I am. I'm a gospel preacher. I got a piece of paper in the house. I don't know if I could find it now or not. But there's a piece of paper and it said I was ordained to the gospel ministry. I'm involved in the gospel. I'm involved in getting the gospel around the world. There was a young man that was in India just recently. His name is Pastor Joy. He's a pastor. And we had the privilege of ordaining him and putting him into ministry to be a gospel preacher. He's already a gospel preacher. But we ordained him, set him aside. And he wanted to do it while we was there, so we did that. But what we're saying is we need people that are gospel givers. It don't matter what you are. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to have a certificate saying that you're a gospel whatever. No, you are a witnesses. After that the Spirit of God has come upon you, you are to be witnesses unto me. There's several things that we could talk about this morning. It becomes important for a person to get a witness from a Christian. Think about that. In order for a lost man to be saved, he's going to have to have a witness from a Christian. It may be from the pulpit. Most likely it may not be. Uh, let's just take a poll. How many got saved in church? Would you raise your hand? Got saved in church. All right, you put your hands down. Don't confuse me now. Now, how many got saved outside the church? About the same. Now, that's what it's all about. People witnessing, telling people about the Lord. And when we tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ, it's imperative, it's very important that we as Christians speak to the lost about the eternal salvation. Give them the gospel, some shape or form. You don't have to, you don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to teach a Sunday school class to them. No, you just simply tell them that God loves you and Jesus died for you and if you receive him, he'll save you. That's all you need to say. 
They'll make the decision if they want it or not. Most likely they've done made up their mind a long time ago. They don't want Christ. They don't want him. They don't want him. But you said something, and now they want him. And now they need to know. And then the next thing you know, you're going to see them walk in the church. You're going to see them walk forward. You're going to see them get in the waters of baptism. Pretty soon, you're going to be sending them out as missionaries around the world. Well, that's all I have this morning. I appreciate uh, your kind attendance. Uh, attentiveness. There we go. And uh, your attendance as well. But it's so, so great to be here. And God bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for speaking to my own heart. Lord, we need to be a witness like we've never been a witness before. People are dying and going to hell on every corner of our cities without ever hearing a gospel witness. Help us to be witnesses for your glory and honor. We love you. Thank you for what you're going to do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.